following presentation was recorded live by the Jewish Ethics Institute. This is your garage, and so I need a place to stay. So I okay, we're going to talk, we're gonna talk about it. That's a good question. That's what we're getting. Okay. Yeah. No, I, okay. <laughs> the ISP I've heard before, but the, no, that, one, that was the new one I was talking about. Yeah, so hey, we'll get there. That's a good question. So, so, the, so then the Mishnah continues, we'll just finish the Mishnah. The Mishnah says, one who says, what is mine is yours, what is yours is mine. Cool. <coughs> That's socialism, right? That everything belongs to everyone. There's no boundaries. Okay, we don't like, the Judaism does not like socialism. So that's called a fool. Someone says that there's, everyone owns everyone's stuff. That's, that's nothing. Let's know if anyone's a socialist here. Okay. Um, one who says, what is mine is yours, and what is yours is yours. Okay. So, some might call him a fool also. And he's saying everything, you know, you can keep yours, but I'll share whatever is mine. You can have two. Some might call that guy a fool too. The Mishnah says that's a tzaddik, that's a chassid, a pious person, chassid. Um, that's one who says what is mine is mine and what is yours is mine. This is a rush. So he says he wants, he's just a taker. He wants everything to himself. That's the Mishnah calls him a rush. So now the question is this, in the first case where he says, shali shali v'shalach shalach, where he's just saying, listen, you keep to yourself, I'll keep to myself. Why is that? Why would the second opinion say he's, he's just considered having the characteristics of a sadamite. What's so bad about what, he, uh, what he's doing? Right, that sounds like the average person. So the Mishnah, so they explain, the commentaries in the Mishnah explain that there's a few things here. One is, the first opinion, one opinion, one commentary explains it as, you're right, technically he's doing nothing wrong. I'm allowed to say what's mine is mine, what's yours is yours. But if someone has that, is, is completely lives their life without any sharing, without understanding that Sometimes you have to give other people. Eventually, they're gonna acquire the acquire the characteristics of Saddam. So at this point, they're not yet, but they could. It's gonna lead to that. That's one one commentary explains. The other one says what it's talking about here is, as we discussed, it's not talking about a regular case. It's talking about in a case where, if you by giving him um, what he what he's asking for, he what the other guy needs, you you have no loss yourself. This is what the Gemara calls This person is benefiting, meaning the, this guy will benefit from using your whatever it is, and you have the zero loss to you. You're not going to have, there's no loss. In that case, that's what we characterize, that's the criteria for um, the character of a sediment. Having a midah is a characteristic of a sediment. Okay, so meaning where there's no loss to you. He can have your thing, whatever it is, assuming again there's no wear and tear, whatever the case is. Let's say, I don't know what a good example of that would be. Um, someone think of something, because if you're borrowing your lawnmower, so there's wear and tear, you can claim there is a loss to me. But we're talking about something, there's no loss to your, it's not, it's not um, your item is not getting used up, nothing's happening. The example actually I gave on top was um, uh, wireless, right? You're, someone wants to latch on, you know, if you're unsecured network, someone wants to steal, it's called piggybacking on your Wi-Fi. That would be an example where, technically speaking, there's no loss in your part, right? I mean, unless you can say it's a security, but you, you, it's unsecured network anyway. So you obviously have no security concerns. Um, there's enough bandwidth that if he latches onto your Wi-Fi, it's not going to be affecting the way your internet is working. So that may be, uh, I was thinking... But aren't you facilitating the theft? That's a different question. Who's <laughs> it theft from? I mean, from the ISP? From the provider. From the provider. So that's not so simple in itself, but well, that's, that's a... That could be, it's a good question. 
um, the, the courts are very um, you can't prosecute someone for, for facilitating theft and it's never been at least it's never been prosecuted in that sense yet yeah, it's, um, well, it's so if you break the, if you break the if you break someone's code if you hack into someone's it, computer it, it, has that's been, it has been prosecuted by analogy so the analogy is if you uh, take a TV broadcast um, and you play it in a bar they have to pay certain right, but that's licensing that's different okay, might be different yeah you're, you're right okay but I can so it's a valid question the theft we did a class on that in we did 2009 oh, I don't remember, remember. yeah, yeah I, I remember 2009 we did that class. <laughs> so I actually have it right here it's see I only remember the first 12 one. Lydia, 21 2009 Lydia is better she remembers both we times it. and the commentaries yeah we did it yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's good to remind <laughs> it was it was uh, December 21st 2009 I think I remember because I was one of the offenders <laughs> so it really spoke to me. Um, anyway, so so. Uh, it, it, it's okay, right? Okay, still have it on file. Okay, so so but that's, so theft is a different issue. We're discussing. Assuming it's not it's not stealing. We're not dealing with the question of the ISP. That's a good point. Just the question of me, my neighbor. Okay, so me living next to my neighbor. So. Technically, there's no loss. I'm just giving that as an example. I'm not saying it's right I mean, to do. There might be issues, as you say. Question is, would that be considered? Um, one can argue that might be considered character of a satellite, meaning there's no loss. I'm using his Wi-Fi. I'm just giving that as an example. For something, there's no wear and tear. There's no. It doesn't affect him in any which way. So the question in that case is, he's saying that's the case the mission is dealing with. The mission is saying when he says, um, what my, what's mine is mine, and yours is yours, referring to a case where. He has no loss by providing that for his neighbor, for his friend, and he still refuses to do it. That's the case. And again, if you see on top, that's how the Gemara describes it, what's called Zenene, the Zelo Chasar. This one benefits, or this one loses nothing. So in that case, the Talmud um, says you may force an individual to allow someone to benefit from something if it causes him no loss. So this is the only time you find, more or less, in, in Jewish law, where we legislate an act of kindness. I mean, there's no way, I don't know, why am I obligated to let him share my thing? But still, the, the, the Gemara is saying we can even force him, meaning he has legal recourse. We can take him to court, as we'll see in the example the Talmud gives, and force him to share, um, to give him that item. Take okay? his cattle punch. Cattle punch, okay. Um, not going there today. <laughs> um, so, so the Talmud, so let's look at number three. This is the example the Talmud talks about. Um, the example that Talmud deals with is actually in real estate. The first case, well, the both cases of real estate. The Talmud says like this. The Talmud says um, there was a certain person who bought land on the boundary of his father's property. Okay, so his father owned property. He bought the land next door. Um, when he and his brothers were dividing, so then the father dies. A few years later, the father dies. And now they come to dividing the estate. Um, so this guy, he says to his brothers, this fellow who owns land, property next to the father's, next to the estate, he says, give me the tract of land that borders on my existing property. Okay, so he says, okay. I would like to have a splitting the land between the brothers evenly anyway, so please give me the property that abuts up to my property. This way I have one contiguous um, plot of real estate, which obviously has more value, um, plus it will be easier to, you know, to plow the land or 
to work the land, obviously, if it's contiguous land. So yeah, that's what he asked his brother. So Rabbah said, in an instance such as this, we coerce people not to emulate the traits of the people of Sodom. Okay, since it costs nothing to honor the request for all the fields are equal value. Okay, so Rashi explains there that all the fields are equal value. So he's saying, please give me this property that abuts property that I already own. So in that case, Rabbah ruled that we force the brothers to give him that land. Okay, the land next to his property. Yes. The difficulty <coughs> comes in, you know, when you when you look at anything that's other than money of deciding that it's equal value. So if you change the facts and it's not a brother and it's just an adjoining landowner, then this piece has greater value to the adjacent and adjoining landowner than another piece. <coughs> but by characterizing it as being four brothers, you've, in, you, you've, you've introduced a family element, which is really not, not really the equation there. Well, so I'll tell you the truth. The, the truth is, and I think this was just the case. We discussed in 2011, I think, you learned, <laughs> um, that that the same thing is with sales. There's a law in, in Jewish law, it's a fascinating law, it's known as the rule of bar metzor, that means on your boundary, that if I'm selling a property and there are two people want the property, they're both paying equal equally for the property, um, and one guy has an adjacent property, I, I'm obligated to sell it to the one he has precedence, and the one who has adjacent property has precedence. That's a different question. It has more value to him. Can you raise mm -hmm. the price? That's a separate issue. Mm -hmm. um, but I, but as I far as if all things are equal, you have to sell but it. But they're to the not. Guys. Equal. I, I have a unique piece of property that many times, you know, there's only one buyer that will give me more money. Everybody could agree that this piece of property is worth fifty dollars. Mm -hmm. But I happen to have something that somebody else will give me sixty dollars. But all of us could agree that it's that it's quote worth fifty dollars, but it's the value it, is fifty. It's value, but it you know value is in the eye of the beholder. Right. So, so we're not saying you can't raise the price. You can raise the price. Question is, assuming everyone's ready to pay the same price, the, the guy who has the land next to it takes precedence. That's okay, what we're saying. Well, we need, assuming they're both paying the same price. You're right. If this guy's ready to pay you more, of course you can give it to the, the guy. Will, will always be willing to pay you more. No, I'm saying if someone else is ready to pay you more than the guy next door, and of course the, the you, you, you can charge it. You can sell it. The four brothers yeah. inherited a $200 piece of property, and divided by four is $50. Brother two has an adjacent property, which now makes his $50 worth 60 right, so, so, do, so do you then take off no, $3.30? No, I'm saying, no, Jewish law doesn't work. You're splitting all that. The estate is being split. You don't look at, just because he happens to... <coughs> Yeah, I mean, let's say he happens to have an oil and gas company and there's oil and gas. So, have something else. No, the corner lot, if it's an issue of a corner, so the corner has more value. No, his corner that he already owns is the corner. Yeah, but I'm saying, so let's say, you know, I happen to have an oil and gas company and there's oil and gas under this. So, for me, it's going to be easier to get the oil and gas. What a person owns doesn't affect the estate. When you're splitting up an estate, state, everyone gets equal value. I don't think you take into account just because it happens to be better for this guy in the estate. But if brother, yes, but it, it 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 does get taken into account in the estate because if the if the four let's not call them brothers if the four <coughs> partners had an adjoining landowner they could maximize their profits to the group by saying to the adjoining landowner we want X plus ten percent. Yeah, but, but that's not but I'm not sure. What, what you mean? Therefore, what? Therefore, what should change? 
Wouldn't be right? Well, no, because that, that would be really extortion. First of all, he bought that piece of land for his own money. These guys have nothing to do with that. So it's it's the most mitzvahic thing to do. It's like you know, I bought a no, house. We're not discussing a mitzvah. We're saying okay, we're, the obligate. We're, we're, we don't requiring know that he bought it out of the goodness of his heart. He went no, over no, there. No, he, he bought a commercial piece. Yes. He said, "My father is 119 years old. <laughs> I see the future." I am going to get this piece so that when this track comes out, right. good for I'm going to right. Good for him, absolutely. Tom, what we're saying is we're requiring, we're so legislating. Now I, now I'm in a the courts can force the brothers to yeah, to right, well, the brothers don't care. Right. The brothers are not going to look, look at the opposite. If the brothers said the heck with you. We're going to give you the far end of the other piece. Correct. So that's more like doing it out of spite. That is. No, yeah, no, but how about yeah, I'm in a partnership. There's four of us. And one guy says, listen, this would really advantage me to go over here. And the other three say, okay, pay us for that. Right. That, that, that is a separate issue. It's a separate issue. I, I, I think it is the issue. That, there's, that are the three obligated to make it you know, good for the one. But they would have so what we're saying no is, let me answer this question. Right. Exactly. Meaning, what we're saying is, if there's no loss on their part, extra value is however you find extra value. So you're extra right. Value is okay. The four so David, of us. So David, you're right. That's what we're you're going to see. You're 100 percent right. Meaning, if we're, what we're saying is, if there's no loss or no gain either way to their partners or brothers, however you want to see it, then they have to give it. To if there is gain or loss, as we'll see, then okay. of course, then you're right. Then you're 100 percent right. Then he has no, we can't. Then we have no, we, there's no recourse to making giving that land. That's exactly what the well, next what opinion. You, is. Yeah, but how do you interpret? I mean, th if three brothers own this are now inherited this piece of property, and they're going to divide it as opposed to selling it, they're going to decide to divide it equally, acreage-wise, whatever. Right. Then there is no. I mean, to say one piece is worth more than the other. It's not. That's exactly the right. point. Really if it's that. not, no. But there is. Let's say. This is, as the, look at the next opinion. Joseph challenged. So, uh, yeah. A lot of times, what the courts will do will say, "Look, if you can't reach an agreement, then let's all then sell it, right? And split the money, and split right, the right. money, or you know, partner one, you can buy it, you know, at a sale. Because what will happen is, if you split the money, then all three get the same amount anyway. Yeah, but the point except, is, except that one person who's a part of the four then comes over here and he's a buyer and he pays more. So there's more to sell. No, but if you're selling, if, if, if I say you have three brothers inherited, they can't agree on who's going to get what piece. Okay? So now the whole lot, the whole property is going up for sale. Once they sell the property, then each one's going to get an equal share of that. Yeah, yeah. Correct. Then it becomes nobody can gain. Then, then, nobody then gain that's, an, that's an equitable arrangement. It's already a case now. I just want to say that, you yes. know how in Kohelet we say, we, we read, some people work all their lives in Kohelet and they accumulate stuff. Say the, the, the brother who bought a piece of land, worked all his life and toiled, and he had the money to buy. The other three were no good news. They sat on their tuchuses and waited for their father to die, right? Yeah. So why should, why should it be? So why wouldn't the one who... We're assigning a lot of personality characteristics. <laughs> These three schmeckles who were sitting around, hanging around, waiting for, for her father to take the bucket. She has, but she has a good point. Why should that? Why shouldn't that guy? Why shouldn't that brother be able to have the property that's next to? Yeah, it's going to be more valuable to him later. But should the other three be jealous? It's like jealousy. But wait, I'm not jealous at all. I own a piece of property. I have to separate myself. That, and that's why I say these aren't four brothers. These are four business partners. One partner wants it. Right. That's exactly what creates 
opportunity. I'm not being mean or not mean. I have to convince three out of four to go with me. Mm-hmm. If three out of four vote my way, if, if, if by the way, if three out of four vote the other way, they sell them the property. But if three out of four say, listen. <laughs> no, but that's, so I think oh, no, the point the is, because well, let me explain. The, the, what Lydia says before, if you see they're doing it, or Susan said, I remember, out of spite, Yes. If there's no there's no gain whatsoever to them, and they, so that means it's an issue of spite. That is a sadomite characteristic. That's yeah. what we're saying. Yeah. That's the people of Sodom. Listen, you have no I have nothing to lose, but I don't want to do you a favor. Yeah, I don't want to share my resources, I'm not help even you. if I'm not yeah. going to lose. Yeah. So that's the problem. Right. If there's any potential gain, even potential, by the way, we talk about it, even potential monetary gain or potential loss involved, any risk involved, then that's sufficient that they don't have to give it to you. But if there's <coughs> if Clearly, there's no risk involved, and there's no loss to them. That's what we're saying. Then they're an idiot if they don't do it. That's the point. Okay. So, so, in the, so that's what. Look at look at the next opinion. That's the really next opinion it says. Rabbi Yosef challenged the number three. The end of number three, four lines from the end of number three says. But his his brothers can say to him, the field you request is as valuable to us as the property of the Bar Marion household. Now Rashi explains the Bar Marion had it was very uh, fertile the land. So they're saying this. Yeah, happens to be this part that you want is much more fertile than the other one. So if they make that claim... Well, that's a different matter. That's a different right, matter exactly. So then he says, the halacha is in accordance with Yosef. Meaning, and this is what the Shulchan Aruch rules, is the Code of Jewish Law says, if there's any claim um, of, of any, uh, in any, any little claim, that's sufficient to, um, to that we can't, there's no legal recourse to force them to give it to them. Okay, so applying that, yeah. So, mm-hmm. so getting back to your case of the ride, well, to the no, carpool. What I'm thinking would be a, not a better, but maybe a more clear example would be if you had four business owners or brothers that had a $200 piece of property, and they agreed to split it at $50 each. And then it became known that mm-hmm. one of the business partners or brothers had an adjacent partner. And he said, hey, can I have that one? If the other three then said, oh, you can't have that because it'd be more valuable, I think then it's a characteristic of... Uh, a bad, but if, if you know what I mean, I mean I think they're going to do it anyway. Because if, if it's if it's valued at two hundred, I'm 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 on your side. But if if it's valued at two hundred and this guy here, I I don't think I I don't want to say obviously it's an example. These were more wise men than me. But if they're valuing it and and this guy's going to get an advantage, I don't see how you would say okay, we're going to give you this a piece because you have the adjacent. You understand what I'm saying? Again, if they have a valid claim, yeah, why this is more valuable? Yeah, it doesn't make if they don't want to. Because I don't think don't time plays to? a role. <laughs> That's the question, isn't yeah, it? But, yeah, but the question. But again, if if they come up with a valid reason why they don't want to, then we yeah, have to go, okay. and we're stuck. Then yeah, if there's a valid reason. Um, and again, there's many. The, the Talmud actually goes on. There's no room on the page here. Different things that they can claim. You know, this is the water source is closer to this side of the field, mm-hmm. etc. This um, this one doesn't. That's what it says about Bar Marion. Says his property didn't need to rely on rain. They, there was a water source there. So it says this field, the one that you want, happens to be that doesn't meet, needs less rain. Mm-hmm. So that itself, not so any, it would seem like any little um, thing, as we're going to see. So that's that's so case number one. It's what? very subjective, right? Yeah, it's very subjective. So it each case would have to be looked at. Right? But a person depends on his character. can be extremely nitpicky and say, well... Well, it has to be something realistic. Right, you're right. If he says, well, I, you know, I just like the air here better. I mean, Obviously, it has to be something realistic, but going back to the carpooling case, right, the case where, let's say, I, a guy asked me for a ride. I'm going there anyway. So, like you're saying, any little thing would be sufficient that you're not obligated to give him a ride. So, for example, if, if like you're saying, I need 
you know, I, I'm, uh, yeah. you know, I like my private time. You know, I, I spend too much time with my wife and kids. I need some private time in the car. I enjoy it. So <laughs> then, that's the sufficient. Extreme. That might be sufficient to say. The extreme person could always come up with an excuse think. for anything, right? For anything, any kind of excuse. You're not really going out of your way, but you can always come up with some excuse saying, "Oh, I need this time. I need that. Oh, you know, like if I need to make a phone call, let's give somebody recommendation. Oh, it's inconveniencing me. I have to pick up the phone and dial it or something." You're right. Okay, so it's a good point. So I think someone actually I gave this class last Wednesday to, to physicians talking about giving blood and someone obligated to give blood and, and bringing these same examples. So he was saying, a doctor there said, so this is the source for Jewish guilt. You know, the point is, <laughs> this might be the source in the Torah. Meaning the point is, you're, you're saying, you're right. Any little, technically speaking, anything you come up with, but we're saying, listen, don't be like a sediment. You're, it's subjective. You're right. Every person is subjective. Different people have the different things that they're going to feel like, oh, this is invading my privacy, whatever the case is. But the Torah is trying to make you feel guilty. Don't, don't try to be like a sediment. So, you know, you're right. It's very hard to legislate. Meaning, in almost every case, there's some excuse that someone can come up with saying, you know, that there's a reason he wants this land or he doesn't want to give this person right. The person talks too much of it. Someone told me this question. You know, well, his wife, this woman lives nearby. She doesn't have a car. She's always bugging them to ride everywhere. <laughs> I shall get them invited to the party that she's going to so she can get a ride. But she, and she really gets on the nerves. So I said, in that case, you don't have to get a ride. There's no question. Meaning, it's subjective, obviously. Every case is different. So we'll discuss it. So another example um, that Talmud says is, um, said this another case. This is from a different uh, story in the Talmud. Talmud says, this one is even harder to understand. See, I missed the space there. It says, if Chista said, um, this is the Talmud of Baba Kama, to Rami Bar Chama. says, you were not with us last evening when we inquired about excellent things. I Meaning it was a great class last night. You had a great question and you missed it. He said, what were the excellent things? He said to them, the inquiry was, if one lives in a courtyard, Dave, you're not going to like this one, okay, <laughs> of his fellow, it's called the, squ- this is the squatter's law. Squatters, yeah, right. He says, a fellow without the latter's knowledge. Does he have to pay him rent or does he not have to? Okay, so guy, guy's out of town. <coughs> this guy moves into his, let's take his backyard, not his house, because house is obviously wear and tear. But something where, again, there's not going to be wear and tear, because if there is wear and tear, of course he can charge him, for, for not only for the wear and tear, Shulchanar says, but even for the rent. Once there's any loss to the person, then you can charge him not just for the loss, but for everything. So let's assume it's a case where there's no, there's no wear and tear. Um, so what are the circumstances the Talmud has? If you say that it refers to a yard that is not for rent, and a person that usually does not rent, so meaning this is not a rentable property, um, it's not a rental property, and this person doesn't rent it, we know he doesn't rent it, and then this one does not benefit, and this one does not lose anything. That's a classical case of the Talmud of Zen and of Zelochas. There's no loss to the, to the owner of the property, and there's only gain for the person staying there. So that is obvious he can't charge, that's the Talmud says. Rather, so what's the case, what's the question? Rather, it refers to a yard that is for rent, and a person usually rents it. But in this case, this one benefits, and this, so, so the Talmud says that's also not a good case. Because in this case, this one benefits, this one loses. So obviously there's a loss, because if I could have rented it out, mm-hmm. this guy's squatting in my property, mm-hmm. of course he has to pay. Because then there's a loss on my part. There's no, there's, there is no difficulty, says the Talmud. The inquiry is regarding a yard that is not for rent, but a person usually rents. But a person, is missing a word there, typo on my part, person who usually rents. What is the law? That's the question. So meaning, this guy doesn't usually, it's not a rental, he doesn't usually rent his property, but this fellow who's squatting there would, would pay 
he so wouldn't have else. his free property, yeah, he would else. pay for a rental somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Or right, or for this person, if the guy. Or the only property that is rentable, that's not rent, rented back currently, mm-hmm. but out, not out in the market. Right, but the point is also he would. To right. another caveat, that this guy, if he wouldn't have the free property, he would rent. Okay, so what is the law? Can the squatter say to the owner, what loss have I caused you? Or can the owner say, well, you have benefited, so you got to pay me? That's the question. Okay, so, so the, so the, so the Shulchan Aruch rules in this case um, that, that you're not allowed to charge him for background. If, by the way, if you had a no trespassing sign, if you told the guy, I don't want you coming on the property, of course, obviously he can't come on, and if he does, he's stealing, and you can charge him. Talking about a case where it wasn't clear, Meaning, it was no sign, and um, they, you never yeah, told him. Make sure there's signs out at all. I'm going to have it printed up this afternoon. <laughs> okay, so the case where there's, there's, meaning you never told him you can't use it again. There's no loss to you whatsoever because it's not a rental property. Meanwhile, the homeless will be in all of our backyards. We don't have enough no trespassing. What mm-hmm. if it's a government-owned land, and and there you're out in? So again, if there's no, no, I'm saying if there's no, if there's, the assumption is again, if there's no loss, <laughs> if the guy's gonna trample all over the, the wildflowers, that could be a loss. Meaning again, there's no wear and tear. What we're saying is in the case where there's no wear and tear, and it's not a rental property, and the person would have paid rent somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Sorry, he wouldn't have paid rent somewhere else. That means if he didn't have this free property, he, he would have been home. He would have been staying under the bridge. In that case, it says you can't charge it for backward. For future, you can. You can kick them all. You can tell them, you know, obviously you can't stay here mm-hmm. unless you pay. But let's say you came back from, out of, from overseas. The guy was in your backyard. What it's saying is you can't charge him for the back rent. That would be a violation of, of uh, a characteristic of a satellite. You can't have a rental, but you can't charge him for right. back rent. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. That's a wonderful <laughs> distinction. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> yeah. no, that that's, that's what he's saying, yes. If he doesn't get off your property, you can have him right. stealing. But uh, so the point is... Um, what is the point? So the, the, <laughs> the point is here that, uh, that, again, you see it's a fascinating concept. We, we legislators, in a certain sense here, you cannot charge him back rent. Okay? Now, it's somewhat different... Um, it's, it's like as you're saying it's somewhat different than the first case we discussed first case it's just a question of um, no one owns anything yet the question is how to split up a property here this guy is literally trespassing on my property we're still saying you can't charge him um, and you can't get reimbursed for what for what uh, for this guy's gain even though he gained he gained a free month rental okay but you can't get reimbursed now if by the way he would have paid um, he would have rented property it says then you can charge him if you look turn to the back that's what the Ramah, who's the amendment on the Shokhanah, says that those who say that the rule that a squatter does not have to pay rent when the property is up for rent only applies when there is no indicator from the squatter that he's willing to pay rent. However, if the squatter indicates that he would pay rent if the alternative is eviction, then you, ha- then you can charge him. Then you can be compensated for his living there. Okay, and this, by the way, would apply, that, that's what we discussed, it would apply to the Wi-Fi. Meaning, if I would have bought a contract, if I, if I wouldn't have your unsecured network next to mine, that means I would have bought, um, I would have signed up with Time Warner to get my own Wi-Fi. Then, then there's no, then, then I wouldn't be allowed to, I'm not allowed to take your Wi-Fi. This gets to your question of the ISP. Meaning, as far as this is concerned, meaning it's not considered, even on the ISP's um, side, so to speak, from their perspective, if there's no loss on their part, technically speaking, 
meaning loss of income is not considered, might not be considered a loss, we discussed that. So the question is, if I'm just driving, which I also admit, as Lydia, I've done this in the past, you're on the road, you need to download your email for smartphones, right? So you, you, with your laptop, you pull outside someone's house, you know, you, the way to do it is called, um, what's the word we use? Uh, trolling, um, is the word for it. I want to say you, fishing, but it's, uh, you, 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 uh, it's a much better word. You, you, you drive down the block slowly, no, no. No, it's a good word. Right, and you're trying to find an unsecured network. Okay, so that, in a case like that, I'm on the road somewhere, I'm not going to buy, I wouldn't have bought a contract with Time Warner for that. just need to download my email while I'm in the city for, for a couple of hours. Right, I'm in the airport, so you go around the kiosks looking for a... Right, so I wouldn't have bought a contract in that case. That's similar to this case. He wouldn't have rented another price. He wouldn't have paid rent. So in that case, it might be okay. If they don't let me use it, that's like characteristic of a sediment. But if I'm, if I'm moving to an office building, which happened to me recently, and the, and the office next to me has an unsecured network, in that case, I wouldn't be allowed to latch on to it, to, to piggyback, because if, they, if there wouldn't be an unsecured network, I would buy a contract with Time Warner. So the fact that I would have bought it, so that, that's this opinion here, saying you have no right, then you can't use it. Okay, so that's interesting uh, application of it. Okay, so now... Um, so like we said, getting back to the case, yeah. It seems to me the decider of whether you would pay for it or not shouldn't be the person who's getting the benefit. Meaning, if you get to decide whether you would pay or not and you'll take it for free, you're both judge and jury. So yeah, well, if you're wandering through the airport and having been there Saturday, I saw that there was a sign, you know, one euro for 30 minutes of Wi-Fi. Right. Um, now you might say, well, I would, I, I wouldn't have paid that. I'll, I'll, I'll wander for 45 minutes looking for a place mm -hmm. to, to be free. You stand outside the executive lounge, you know, the <laughs> United Lounge. That's what you get. Rabbi, I stand inside, not outside. <laughs> okay. so just, just to be clear. I'm still outside, unless you take me on your trip. Um, so I don't think the person who's getting the benefit should be the one to decide whether they would, would have paid or not. Yeah, so listen, we're talking about upstanding. By the way, the airport, you're right, I think is a bad example because because over there you might have you might have paid for it if you don't. But I'm talking and, about let's say on the road. Well, but I'm, I'm, my if, point if, is, if I hear you. If your need is as a business person, you know, you say, well, I, I'm not going to check if it costs me a buck because I'm going to drive on for another two hours. 30 euros. But the next person only a buck? might say. 30 euros only a buck? I said one euro. Oh, one. You, the next person might say, look, I need to check every two hours for business. And, yeah, I'm no. not going to pay. But no, so, you, so, so first of all... You, all I'm saying is the person who... The, the judgment shouldn't be by the person who is the user. True, but we're, trying, we're talking about someone who... Who's, they're asking the laws. They want to know what the law is. The law is what we're saying is, if you would have paid somewhere else, you can't do it. If we're, we're trusting someone, you're right. Trusting someone who is observing the laws of the Torah, so... We're leaving it up to we trust them. <laughs> if you don't want to trust them, you have that prerogative. Okay. What we're saying is also you don't have to provide it. I mean, you're not not a nice person if you kick them out, you know, from the front of your house and call the cops on them. That's what we're saying. Okay. He's calling the cops. I don't have Spitzin? yeah. I like those squatters. We'll talk about that. What's the limit? Let's say you that's buy an apartment complex and, and it's boarded up. And then and you don't do anything with it for months. And you find somebody there. That person, 
So, so again, if there's wear and tear, the other thing is if, let's say, you're showing people it's a property you're going to show, and there's people there, it's not good. <laughs> you probably not good for the value. It's of the not property. great for business. No. Right. Look, I've already got tenants. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, in that case, the people <laughs> there, see, I don't know how, what did, what dictates whether they would pay rent or not. You know, I, I don't, that, that is just, I don't, yeah, I don't care why would, I mean, most Again, assuming they're not in the, let's say they're not devaluing the property, right. whatever that, if it's possible. Um, so what we're saying is, you have the right to kick them out off your property, okay. but you can't charge them for past months. Okay. Can't take them to court. So the fact that they would I don't know what rent. they'll leave in, in Can you take them to court if they're there, or can you... If they don't to, to evict them, well, let's say, can you out. charge them for past rent? No, you can take them to court and you can ask them for back rent, sure. Yeah, you, you can. can. ask them for back rent? Cool. Well, I've never dealt with a squatter. <laughs> you have somebody that was on a lease, right? they yeah, overstayed sure. their lease. You, right. But I'm talking about somebody, you've got a property that you're going to overhaul and it just happens it's on, you know, you have one that's boarded on and somebody's living there and living on it. And, and you got a couple people there. I mean, could you technically charge them for living there? I know American law. I think you could un, under the theory of law of quantum merit. In other words, they got a value of being there, and so you know, but you don't need to worry about squatters. Don't have any assets. Yeah, so you're not going to get the court anyway, <laughs> so it's not worth the filing fees. But if you had a somehow a company. You know, that does happen, that is utilizing a piece of property that they don't own. Say they were utilizing it for parking. Yeah, I think you could go and collect for that. Yeah. And that does happen a lot. Companies or use space that, that for some reason or another isn't theirs. Maybe even they thought it was, or they thought they had rights to it. And it's actually a good example, because you sometimes, the person has this empty lot in there, the stadium or something, not using it, someone wants to park there. No loss, literally no loss. You pull your car in there. I mean, he's not, he's not ever, charging for it. He's not If you drive down Richmond, there's an interesting example. There's the Little Papacitos, which yeah, has yeah. no parking. I mean, they have a very compact space. Yeah. They're wrapped by a great big shopping center, which has signs everywhere. That's the Saying, Saturday? you park here, we're hauling your tow behind. Because they understand they've got the Papacitos boxed in. Right, but they can Clearly claim. They been able to make a deal. They can claim that people taking parking spots in their lot will affect their business. Mm -hmm. I mean, the bigger mm -hmm. whoever is. Okay, is. but there actually are a bunch of spaces that aren't being used. Right, the case would be if it's an empty lot, meaning they have. If it's an empty that aren't being. It's just the way the, mm -hmm. the adjoining center is laid out. There are spaces right next to the little Papacitos, which nobody uses in, in the big center. Right. And it, it actually is pretty similar to the adjoining piece of property to the Four Brothers. Um, and so that's question so of the being question nice, the adjoining shopping center owner could say, oh yeah, sure. But the adjoining shopping center owner says, no, what I have is a value. Right, so that's fine. Again, if, if Papacitos would have to buy parking somewhere, then they have a right to say that. <laughs> what we're saying is if, they, yeah. if they're not going to buy, if they, they're not buying it anyway. Now they need so more. That, I'm saying if they're not going to buy it, that's where it becomes an issue. Right. But oh, so this is the next case. So that's the next case. You always get jumping ahead. <laughs> the next, this is an interesting thing. The Talmud discusses that, uh, let's, say, let's say I put a fence around my property. And this is really the reasoning behind, behind this last law. If I put a fence around my property and it's a, and it's a buddy of your property and now you're, 
um, you're surrounded, let's say I have three properties, I don't know what the case is, I don't remember. You have three properties around this guy's property. Okay, and I put a fence all around my property. So now you have three sides. You're f I, say, I come to you, I say, I want half the fence. I want you to chip into the fence because your property is now surrounded by the fence too. One side is still open. So the law is he doesn't, you can't obligate him to, to pay for half the fence. But let's say he goes and puts up, on the fourth side, he now puts up a fence. So then you can charge him for all other three sides. Meaning if the owner of the property now shows that he wants to use your fence by putting a fence on the fourth side, so then, then the law is now you can charge him, you can charge him for 50% of the other three fences. Does this still relate to the sodomite behavior? Um, it's only big. It does, I'll tell you. It does in the sense of, this. I, I believe, this is how he's explaining the reason why if the guy would pay for it anyway, he's sort of, he's expressing that he, this has value, exactly what David was talking about. Does this have value to you or not? So I can claim it has no value. Listen, it has no value. I wouldn't have rented it. I'm squatting on your property. I wouldn't have rented a different property. And I would be staying under the bridge. Listen, this is a lot nicer than under the bridge, so I'll stay here. So in that case, you can't charge him. But if once he expresses that he would have paid for it, okay, that means this has value, a monetary value to him. So now you can charge him. So that's where it comes in. So then you're not a sodomite in that case. Because now he showed that it has monetary value to him. Therefore, you, you, you can charge him. Okay, so, so really, with the, that's the next quote here. It says, collective responsibility. Proof to, to this can be derived from that which we have learned in the first back of Basra. People of the town can force one another to build a wall, doors, etc. Even though there are enough inhabitants, and even without him, they would have as much as with him. Okay, we do not apply here Midas stone. We don't say Sodom applies. The characteristic of a satellite applies with good reason. For if we would not force anyone, each individual would say, I don't need it for me. And he will think his friend will, will do without him. Due to this predicament, the matter will be adjourned and the town will be in danger. Okay, so this is really even a, a bigger, from the case that I just discussed, they, this uh, response is deriving even more than that. That you have a right to force everyone, because everyone could say, listen, I don't need, I don't need, I don't, you don't need me to build a, to build a fence, to build security. Sort of like in the, in the, right, if you live in a, like what are they called? Care? What? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Not going there today. That's <laughs> a... Uh, we only have two minutes left. Uh, so the, the, the point is that uh, where it's relevant is, let's say, the case in the airport, right? So the guy, you're leaving the airport, you have a taxi, and this guy says, can I, can I hop in your taxi? So we get someone you know, he's going, he lives on your block. Okay, so am I if, I, if I refuse him, I'm a sediment, right? You'd say, because, listen, why well, should, I'm going anyway, I'm paying the 75 bucks for the taxi. So what, I've, I'm not, there's no loss whatsoever. If it's my car, by the way, you can argue maybe if he's a, he's a big guy, he's more gas. Cost me more gas, right? And so that's enough of a loss. Like we said, any little loss. But here, I'm not paying the gas. Right? I'm anyway laying out the money. So do, am I obligated to take him to the taxi? Assuming I'm not antisocial and, uh, right, and, and have no problem talking to the guy. So, so what they say is it's similar to this, meaning you can charge, he, right? There is a loss to you, one can argue, because if this guy, let's say I would have came out after him, I would have seen him, him hiring the taxi, and I would have got the free ride, right? So we're both, meaning, I am, I, even though I would have paid the $75 for myself, but if I would have seen him getting in the taxi, I would have paid. So we both would have paid. It's similar, I was thinking, maybe similar to this case, where we all, we all have to pay 50% now, because... You know, why should he, why should I be the one paying him right, that? So an accident of timing, mm -hmm. the randomness of timing allows one a free ride, right. one not. 
So that's what we're saying. That's not true. He, he seems to be applying in this case. You would say, no, he should still pay the 50%. He can't claim, well, well, uh, you know, I wouldn't have paid if he would have, because we both, technically, we both could have shared. If we would have came out at the same time, we both would have said, I want to share a taxi. So therefore, I can charge him 50%, and I'm not considered a settlement in that case. Okay? Now, now tolls, by the way, charging tolls, that's you giving someone a ride. Can I charge him for the tolls? Or at least part of the tolls? Right? So, so I saw they actually a response in discussing this. He says, he says, in that case, technically, you can't, because you would have paid the tolls anyway. So listen, obviously, the guy is a normal person. He would offer to pay. Yeah. But he says, if he offers to pay, you're allowed to take it. You're not considered mm-hmm. a satellite if you do take the toll. Mm-hmm. But you can't charge him. You can't say you have to pay the tolls. Because you were planning on going by yourself. You would have paid the tolls by yourself. Okay? So, so it's interesting. So I, I, a few other examples I put down here at the end was changing seats at a game, which is similar to the question, meaning, you know, going down. Uh, this, this morning I realized this was a big case. You know, yeah, it happens every time. You pay you the... Can't do that? <laughs> <laughs> right, so you pay the nosebleed tickets. After the game. And then the game, <laughs> right, the game, uh, right, if it's Texas, there's no one on front row anymore. Or the Astros. <laughs> so, so the point is, can I move down? It's, can you argue? Maybe it's me that's dumb. On, the, on their part, there's no loss to them. It's, it's, it's the third quarter at this point, right? Uh, no one's sitting in those seats. So can you argue there's no loss to them or not? And what do you say about that? I don't know the answer. Of course you can't. Well, <laughs> well, no, really. you put a value on it if you would not pay for those seats. Yeah, right, I wouldn't pay. That's what I'm saying. I would never buy. Right. I never buy because it, bottom it's, seats. it's the ISP example. When you move to those seats, you send, you send a signal to everybody that everyone should move. No one should pay up in the future. For the well, they don't seats. know. They don't know if you paid or not. Assuming they don't I mean the guy well, sitting next to you doesn't know. Y- yes, believe mm-hmm. the public always knows. You're right. Some people moving down so would be devaluing see, the seats. When you see some people moving down would might be devaluing the seats. When you see the, by the third <laughs> inning it that it's all empty behind third base, um, there's a parking on the. Oh, desk. Not, he walked. He's next. To oh, thank you. You can scalp him outside. <laughs> So when you see that behind third base is empty after the second inning, and in the fourth inning you see it's filled, you send a message to everybody out there that it, no, pay, buy the cheapest the seats. That's a good point. There's always... Well, but my mind... Well, sorry, you know, people show up late to games all the time, especially basketball and baseball. That's not much football. But, yeah. Yeah. Yes, they, yes, they do, but but people know. But what they, we have to presume... And, and the public knows... There are people that you know check the tickets, and when a when a section's filled, the, the public as a whole knows. The public's educated. Also, but many times I'll tell you, you know, because and this happened to me, where the guy you, I have season tickets. So I know if a guy's moving there, he doesn't belong. Like I know who yeah, owns right. the season no, tickets. Right. What I'm saying, but you know, your neighbor knows. Nowadays, at least more expensive, the most expensive seats, you couldn't get in anyway. Because they're, they're checking for tickets. No, they always check. They always check. Yeah, if you no, can get down there, down to because they're not can't. checking tickets anymore. By the third inning, they're they're not checking as vigilant. Right. No, and so, but so the when they when they when you check. when you fill that area, you're taking something from the owner. You're taking. He's saying it's devaluing. It's devaluing. But you're also benefiting the owner because he doesn't want to see empty seats But you're making a decision for the owner. Yes, if you were benefiting the owner, and if the owner thought so, the yeah. owner would say, ladies and gentlemen, yeah. 
in the fifth inning, please take any seats you like. Well, I would say, I mean, don't, don't the Rockets didn't do that. Okay. They let them down, okay. and they said, y'all, come on down, okay. and they let them fill the, the But, they, but the owner made that call. But I right. think the owner, the, 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 the ticket holder doesn't get to make that decision. The ticket holder bought the real estate yes. that I can be here. No, not, not dissimilar to, I rented this apartment, but you know, no one moved in next door. And I got a key, so, so I'm moving a, in next door. given that the owner knows, I mean, he could prevent it from happening if he really wanted to. Oh, you're changing yeah, the onus. Yeah, that's that doesn't. Uh, <laughs> you're changing the onus. Firstly, do they have people there? For a baseball game, some people move down. No, again, if it's against the owner says it's, I don't want you doing it. It's similar to the case, the guy put no trespasses on. Same thing. If he says I don't want you coming to my property, and you go in there, he can charge you. No, but I'm saying everyone knows. Says yeah, saying yeah. You have the rights to see. I mean, they have ushers. One twenty-one B seven. Listen, anyone who's doing it knows to go around the usher. You go in the other way. Because the ushers tell you, if the usher catches you, you're going to be kicked out. Unless you pay the usher, and then that's a whole different thing. <laughs> <laughs> but, but Actually, you're laughing. I, met, I just remember this. I met an attorney in town. That's what I do. The guy's from the Bronx. I met this guy. One beer for four guys. Is a, I met this guy as an attorney in town, a wealthy guy, and he says he stole today. He grew up in the Bronx. And he says his whole life he was, he made it like part of the fun was sneaking into at the Yankee Stadium his whole life. Okay. So he still does it today as well. The guy's <laughs> he's like, afford, he has season tickets, but he says, I sneak in because I'm, I just want to relive my youth. He said, so much part of his... <laughs> that's what the guy told me. He said, he only sneaks into venues. <laughs> he doesn't... He never, uh, he never goes in with a ticket. But he has a ticket. He's stealing. Yeah, exactly. He's stealing. Yeah, he has a ticket when he's sneaking in. Um, I'm not no, sure. He he I didn't get it to that. He said he owned his ticket. I'm saying he could afford to. It could be he does. Oh, yes, I don't know. I'm saying he doesn't. This is his way of life. Moving from the top to the bottom, the final answer is. No, listen, it's stealing. I mean, technically, if you can. It's not technically. Yeah. It is. No, it's stealing. It's I'm it's saying stealing. Well, the only thing stealing. is don't, don't if the usher allows you, sometimes you can, you know, if you plead with the usher. Or like he's saying, they'll let you in. But that might be, you know, the question see, the is, is the usher's decision? That's a good question. But I'm saying technically it's stealing, yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, if the usher it's allows it, but you hand him three dollars. <laughs> no, he doesn't have the right to do that. No, but you say anyway. something at, at the, after no, the fourth, you know, in the second quarter. How they say? Sometimes the second quarter they'll be nice. They let you in. If they let you in, and it's better for TV and all that. But you're, but but you're making the decision as opposed to. No, I'm saying let's say the usher makes the question is the usher have a right to make a decision? Yes, the usher is an authorized agent. Okay. Right, so, I, so, so the question is how far? My, my question is what's the limit? Meaning in general, because, and I can tell you as a rabbi, sometimes it gets annoying. People take advantage of acts of kindness. Uh, meaning like the guy, he has his own car, but like this, like we talked about this lady, you always want to ride anyway. Take your own car. <laughs> like, yeah. right? So how far, what's the limit in chesed? Because usually we say, in the morning in the, in the davening, we say there's no limit to acts of kindness so, as far as the upper limit. So we discussed many times, of there's course. There's just a limit to chutzpah. Right, so we discussed many times that, of course, up to a fifth of your net worth, you don't have to give away to charity. Meaning the same thing. Sometimes, you know, people ask for a ride, so your family can't, you're nicer to them, you know, you feel bad. So you give them a ride, meanwhile your family, your wife has to take her own car. So where's, obviously, there's a limit to acts of kindness. So, so I said, like, this was an example, which I don't know the answer. Someone comes to you and, you know, he's living in a small apartment. You have, you have a six-bedroom house, and he knows you have these uh, he-and-she closets, you know, his-and-hers closets, and every, in your rooms. 
and he needs some closet place. So he says, can I store my stuff in your closet? Like, how far do you take? Could you say you have to give it to him? It's characteristic of Saddam if, if you don't give him closet space in your house. I mean, there has to be a, a cap on what's called, because technically there's no loss to you. He's just going to keep it there. He says, listen, I'm not coming around. I'll, I'll, I won't bother you. I just need storage space. Do you say you have to give him storage space? Or you said your garage. You have an empty garage, right? Do you say, you know, I have to give the guy storage space? It's Saddam. There's no wear and tear. So where, where's the cap? So I don't know the answer to that. Struggling with that because like where you know how far do you take it? How far do you say you have to do? Rabbi, you have more, to help more, them. More realistic thing is going out with people who never, I don't know if it ever happened to you, who never order but always try. For <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. So that's a loss. That's and, uh, <laughs> and finally, you know, I'm telling you, after years and years, finally we sort of put our foot down and said, no, you just. <laughs> Try your own dish. Yeah. You know, your never <laughs> ordered. How about people who don't uh, uh, pony up for their share? For their oh, for the tip? How about for the tip? Uh, you know, I've been stuck in that occasion more than once. Um, and so I, just when the bill comes and every, you know, you get people. Mm. Oh, they get go to the restaurant. <laughs> they go to the restaurant. Exactly. Great session. There's a great two and a half men where Alan, the, the near-do-well brother, goes to the bathroom every time. Uh -huh. one, uh -huh. one of them, Charlie, chases into the bathroom. They spend 40 minutes in the bathroom. They're two great-looking women <laughs> leave, <laughs> and they come out. <laughs> what you do is you say, okay, let, let's, uh, let's split it evenly. Yeah. Yeah. You just announce. Yeah. Otherwise, you'd be picking up a lot of bills. Now, what I don't worry about is, you know, she had wine and yeah. he had a hard yeah. drink. And yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the way men do things. Women women count every little thing. Men don't. Yeah. Men split I, it. Let's just split it. Let's just split it. Unless shoulder, it's a, there's it. a glaring difference, yeah. Women are, oh, you had this and I had this and that's three cents yeah. more and that's the way women well, do it. I, yeah, I, they I do. Was, I, think, I think you're exaggerating, but the point is that there are women, you know, who will order the most, we all go to celebrate a birthday and they will mm -hmm. order the most expensive dishes. And I don't have uh, women, only because you're said, maybe there are men like that, and will drink wine. And let's say five will drink the most expensive wine, order the most expensive dishes, and those of yeah. us who keep kosher will have a salad. And then it's split. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, that yeah. I don't know. How, how to deal with this since I'm in the let's just split it even. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, that's, that's the But yeah. you do it with couples and uh -huh. so it's, it, it evens it out. It, my view is that it evens, it evens it out. out. Over mm -hmm. life, it evens it, it evens out. out. That's what my husband says. But, that's, that's but, I, that's but your friends where are. people, where you say to somebody, let's go to dinner, mm -hmm. and the other couple presumes oh, that you're inviting them. For some reason that I can't divine that you're <laughs> taking them to dinner. <laughs> you know, we're going to dinner. <laughs> <laughs> Shalom.